Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Fat Man Stevens Podcast. I, of course, I am Marcus, Fat Man Stevens. And if you know anything about me, you know what I'm going to talk about first on the podcast today. I'm wearing the shirt of the man, so I might as well talk about him. Uh, so on Raw this past week, if you watch Raw, um, which Raw is getting progressively much better every week, Johnny... Gargano is back, almost cursed. It's his back in WWE, making his much shocking um, return. Obviously, with everybody coming back in the last few weeks um, under the Triple H's regime, Dakota Kai, Dexter Loomis, um, Karrion Cross, just to name a few. Uh, Gargano was the one big giant whale out there who has not been captured, not has been uh, in any other promotion. And we finally got him. So, just move over a little bit. Do some shifting here while I'm recording. Um, but he was the only. Uh, there it is. That's what I didn't want to happen, but it happened. <laughs> Good old uh, technology. But anyway, he was the last. Um, he was the last like big fish. Um, that couldn't be hired. That could be hired. Obviously, I know. I know Triple H wanted Cole, Adam Cole. He wanted Keith Lee. He wanted uh, Swerve Strickland. You know, these are guys that he like formulated and put uh, brought up in uh, uh, NXT, but they are under contract right now. Unfortunately, there is no way uh, Keith Lee would have been back on television already if he was not signed to AEW. Same thing with Keith with uh, Strickland and definitely Adam Cole. We know how big of a fan. Um, Triple H was of Cole as well as Shawn Michaels, and if you th- if you don't think he was a big fan of Cole, you know, let's look at his uh, his NXT title run, holding it for how many long days he did. <clears throat> Who beat Cole? Keith Lee. Um, so <laughs> there, there you go. Um, but man, Johnny Gargano making his again shocking debut, but not shocking in terms of we knew eventually. I feel like he was going to come back. I thought it was going to be the NXT. But I guess Triple H handling the main roster booking. Uh, I guess he wanted him on either Raw or SmackDown. And what a show to do it on in the Toronto show where we already had Edge in the main event. Um, you know, Dexter Loomis kidnapped the Miz. We had so many just great uh, moments on this show. Raw is becoming television that you can't miss now. It's becoming a show. Same, same with SmackDown. They're really becoming good wrestling shows. Uh, Ziggler and. Um, Finn Balor had a really good match. Chad Gable had a really good match with uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, the, the women's tag team tournament is was match was really good, giving time to like so many different people, and just a really really fun show. And I'm looking forward to um, what they're going to do with Clash of the Castle for Theory. Um, I'm really hoping we get Austin Theory versus Johnny Gargano at Clash of the Castle. I don't think my brain can handle that. Um, I hope we get Edge and Re- Edge and uh, Beth versus Rhea and um, uh, Finn Balor. I don't think I think that's the match that they've been kind of alluding to. I think they kind of set it up on Raw. At least they set up Beth's involvement, um, that which I'll probably announce in the next few days. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, the show is looking pretty good. Clash of the Castle looks pretty good on paper. Um, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns is a bona fide WrestleMania main event. It is a main event worthy. Of closing the show put in front of I don't fifty plus thousand if it's it's the
Io Sky and Dakota Kai. Um, you had Shayna Baszler taking on Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Ronda's always looming, so we we watching that. And we also have Riddle versus Seth Rollins. So a five match card so far for seven, um, for probably going to be a seven to eight match card. So we're probably definitely, like I said, going to get Edge, Edge and um, Bat versus Balor and Rhea. Maybe Theory and Gargano, and definitely a U.S. title match involving Miz, Champa, um, Lashley's uh, Styles. I don't know if it will be a Fatal Four Way, a Triple Threat, but I, I mean Fatal Four Way would probably be the best bet. Kind of get all four guys on the show, all four big names on the show. Um, I think would be fine, and you know it could eventually lead to some dissension between Champa and Miz, and it could eventually even start up DIY again. An older, an older. Uh, Kind of more grizzled DIY and eventually lead to maybe Champa and Gargano on the main roster. Who knows? I'm just fantasy booking right now at this point. The fact that the Usos aren't on the card um, is questionable. Um, but we'll see. Because it's also traveling and I don't know how things are with... I don't know. Well, well I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks, but... Forefront and forefront at NXT, um, you know, to him following his his trans his uh him going to a singles guy in 2017, him doubting himself. Him, I remember him and uh, he has still has not beat Andrade Cien Almas, <laughs> has he? Um, beating Almas in or facing Almas at Brooklyn Three, losing to him, having their whole quadrilogy of matches. Um. You know, the, the takeover match between Hit Champa and Johnny Gargano at uh, New Orleans. You know, that whole weekend, that whole show was so amazing. That whole weekend was such a, such a magical weekend. Uh, to Gargano's heel turn, um, winning the North American Championship, his first singles title, all the way up to winning the NXT Championship at TakeOver New York, which is probably still the best TakeOver of all time. I mean, it's really debatable between that and the um, the other show, but it uh, um, TakeOver New Orleans. But man, what a what a time to be alive as a be a wrestling be a WWE fan and you know wrestling in general obviously because we got CM Punk and Moxley on Wednesday the day this episode releases you're getting CM Punk and John Moxley unification match on AEW Dynamite two weeks actually a week and a half before All Out which they have not announced a lot of matches and if I can have one criticism for AEW it's that it's that they don't announce pay per view matches. A lot of pay-per-view matches, like, beforehand. And they're obviously just, um, the, uh, what's, what's the, what is it? Depending on their name to sell the pay-per-view. Because right now, I think the only matches we have announced are, uh, I just want to say it's Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa for the Championship, which is a rematch from Forbidden Door, which is kind of lazy. But I also know, because I, th- I think Chris Statlander may have been in her role, um, so I, I I don't know if that was the case, and then she got injured, and then she and Tony Storm just got in by default. Um, Thunder Rosa has been doing her best as champion. 
Um, I just don't. I think when Britt Baker and I think when you have Hikaru Shida and then Britt Baker, these amazing champions, I don't feel like Nana Rosa is living up to those standards. I don't know if it's her fault or if it's just the fault of the booking, but I don't know. So right now we have on tap four all out, which is a week and a half away. Um, you have the, the trios tournament finals, which is definitely um, who who knows who that's going to be. Um, uh, it's probably uh, I really know who's going to be in the finals. It always it depends on. Mm, you don't want to do a rematch between Death Triangle and and House of Black, right? You you don't want to do that for. All out. We just had that match at Forbidden Door, right? We were a similar match to it before uh, at Revolution. The Elite don't really need the win, but for uh, for storyline purposes with Adam Cole and all them, maybe they should win. I'm rooting for House of Black to win it all because I like because Al- I like Malik- uh, Malachi and I like uh, Buddy Matthews the most. So I feel like they should win the tournament. <sighs> of course, I'm a big fan of Osprey. I hope they, uh, but it's like they're facing Death Triangle. But I also feel like they don't need the, that win because because Pac already has the championship as a championship. So they either beat they're not beating the Elite. I will put Will Osprey and I put the, the United Empire. I'll put them in the, in the semis because you can get Will Osprey and Kenny Omega a, a face off. Like that's what I, that's what we all want. So we, just give us that, give us that, please. Um, you're a six man tag team match, the Pinnacle, which is Warlow and FTR taking on the Lethal Connection, which is Jay Lethal. Set- may not be doing anything on the card. Um this could get like somebody like Ray Phoenix or 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 Pentagon Pentagon Jr. or I'm sorry. Um yeah Penta. Um uh, this could get somebody like one of the best friends during the tournament. Yeah, I, I I don't know what they're gonna do, but they gotta they gotta y'all got y'all got a two dynamites and two rampages left and we don't have we don't got a world title match uh Announce this yet, which is very, very strange. You don't have Brian Danielson booked yet. You don't have Jericho booked yet, which I'm, I'm sure Danielson and Jericho will have a one on one match, which I think should, could be really, 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 really good. Um, you don't have Wheeler Yuya. You don't have Claudio booked. Um, you don't have your tag team champions booked. You know, like, what, what are we doing here? Um, I know All Out is going to be a great show. I know it is. They, they, they always deliver on pay per views. It's just, I just wish that they would announce the matches, like, beforehand. They're just, they already know United Center is going to sell out. They already know people are going to come for AEW because it's Chicago. And it's, it's like, their biggest weekend of the year. But puts a little bit more effort into the, the pay-per-view matches. Um, I could be wrong. I Obviously, Punk, and who, like, the only thing, other main event that would make sense would be Punk and um, Hangman. Which, again, is a rematch of, from... Double or nothing, because he called him out. So it's like, 
is that the move, or are we just going to do Moxley and Punk 2 at the pay-per-view? Are they going to go to a 60-minute draw on on Dynamite? They haven't announced a lot of matches for Dynamite, so maybe that could be the case. Um, but to me, that's just lazy. Just, just hold off on... Just wait until the actual pay-per-view to actually do the match. You don't have to do it on this dynamite. You don't need to have a you don't need to pop a rating or anything like that. Hmm. I don't know. I I just I, w- I hope also Pac would defend his championship on the on the show, his 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 title. Cause it, it's it's weird that the, that the newest championship hasn't been defended just yet on the show. I really would like to see that title defended. I just hate the. I just hate that freaking. Uh, I hate that uh, FTR is not in a title like a big title match. I would love to see an FTR versus uh, Swerving Our Glory. Actually, I really wanted to see Young Bucks versus um, FTR for all the titles. That's what I thought should was going to be the big the big money match this year. But All Out is not feeling like All Out just yet. And maybe Tony Khan will start announcing the matches this. Well, he has to start announcing the matches this week. You know, the trios tournament is the only thing that's kind of driving this show because I think that, you know, with the with Kenny Omega coming back, um, the elite reforming and all that, I think you have you're, you're doing a good job with that. But there's no cold, they're really, they're really hurting for that whole storyline, that six man. And I really hope that, hmm, if. to go for AEW Grand Slam because that's the main event, right? Like that's the match right there. That will sell the that will sell the arena. Um unless they want to wait until full gear or the Philadelphia show, please. <laughs> which is a week after Grand Slam, which sucks cuz it's like you guys are going to put so much f- uh, focus on Grand Slam that the show afterwards is not going to be as amazing, which uh whatever. I guess I'll I'll live with it. <sighs> Like I see the ladder match though, it should be interesting. I don't know who's going to be in that, but it's like whoever you, whoever wins it is going to be, you know, fed up to the to the slaughter for Punk or because Punk's probably going to beat Moxley, right, and eventually lead up until Punk's heel turn. I mean, he's already the heel. He's just not a heel heel. Well, definitely the way he talks and how he portrays himself is all heel-esque. Um, man, I'm so I can't, I can't get over. I'm sorry, going back to WWE, but Gargano's in WWE again. Man, this is my favorite wrestler, y'all. Like, I, I cried tears, like shed tears when he won the NXT Championship against Adam Cole. I mean, that was an emotional weekend anyway because Kofi won a championship two days later at WrestleMania, so which made me cry. I had to, I had to leave the living room to cry in the bathroom. That's watching my dad, and I just I just felt the tears falling up. I legit like had a whole reaction when Kofi won. What a moment! I can't believe that was three years ago. Wrestling's over. Nothing about wrestling. We are in two game 
release week. Uh, Saints Row is releasing this week. By the time you guys listen to the Saints Row, will be out, and I will have at least played at least a few hours of it. And Soul Hackers 2, which is coming out on Friday, is the first um, big Atlas RPG in a very long time. I don't know. I don't even know the last time they released the RPG, but it's the first one. It's coming out on next gen consoles on PS. Before the plan those, I have not beaten Xenoblade Chronicles three. I'm forty hours in, and that's about forty hours in a month's time. It'll be it'll be out for almost a month soon. I think that's pretty good for thirty one year old Marcus who has to juggle relationships, work, church, things of that nature. But forty hours in one game is ridiculous. Obviously, it's easily the most time I spent in a game this year. Um, I have to beat this game though. I'm just got to chapter like four. Um, some big some big things happen with some characters. I don't want to spoil the game for anybody, um, but some big things happen to some characters. That was pretty sh- not sh- was shocking, but it was like mm, it was shocking. Uh, and um, it was a, a big a couple of boss fights. I like Xenoblade because they they pile boss fights on you. Um, this was like a two person fight. So for anybody watching Xenoblade or who's playing Xenoblade. Um, who has finished it, which I'm sure nobody out there that uh, that's listened to this podcast has. But there's the two-person fight, and then you face one person right afterwards. I like compounding boss fights like that. I love boss fights in video games. It's the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward, so much looking forward to playing Soul Hacker. I'm tired. I'm still looking forward to playing Soul Hackers, though. Um, well, again, not knowing too much about Soul Hackers 1, but I know Atlas and I know how they do RPGs in, um, since, since obviously Nocturne. So very, very looking forward to playing this when it comes out. Uh, it's going to be tough playing both of these games at one time and still playing Xenoblade. The big one in November is God of War Ragnarok, which will basically take up the rest of my year. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Um, I really, I watched um as far as movies, I watched Orphan First Kill this past weekend. Um, Orphan is one of my favorite horror movies of the twenty two thousands. Um, I just like that. I liked how it played with your mind so much that I didn't even see the twist coming. I didn't even think about this. The girl could could be you know a, a grown adult. Or anything like that, and it was just gory and disgusting. Like I never forget, I watched Orphan, and I had to, t- and I was um, watching it on DVD. We because it was back on DVDs, and you rented them from Netflix. And I watched it, and I said, "Well, that movie was crazy." And then I like told my parents, "I said you guys got to watch this movie." And I watched it again right after I just watched it. I watched it again with them. It's the first time I'm only. It's the first and only time in my life I watched the movie, same movie back-to-back times, and pay attention, and was, like, really invested in it again, never again, Orphan does did that to me, Orphan First Kill was good, um, the premise, I mean, that's the problem with prequels, right, it's like, 
obviously you know what's already going to happen to them to, to the character involved like there's no real danger to them because they're living in this, the movie that came before which is uh, you know the, which is why we had this movie in the first place so the danger element is gone also the suspense element is really gone because you know the her secret already so you're kind of just looking this kind of just watch for me I- The thing to drop, you know, and the little twist that this movie had was pretty good, and the kills were all right, but you can't beat the first orphan by, you know, when you when you bludgeon a nun to death with a hammer. There's no way to beat that, right? So, good luck, good luck. They tried. It was a good movie. Obviously, the orphan one is still better, and there was they're talking about doing another one. I've read an interview saying that they may um, explore the character some more. Um, you know, that's fine. I don't really know what else you can She ended up killing like we didn't know about. Um, did she survive? Obviously, she didn't survive the, the kick, the, the broken neck and um, <laughs> The broken neck and drowning in the lake uh, at the end of the original Orphan, but maybe she did because you know, you know, horror movies or whatever like that. Who knows? Maybe she was saved and brought back to health. <laughs> um, I would I would like to see more of the Orphan movies, but or make to make it a franchise. They said, but you can't. I don't want to see another prequel that doesn't add any stakes. Then I don't. Then I know the Esther character doesn't really like. You know, live. Maybe, maybe she has like a, like a twin. You guys can say that. You know, I'd be okay with that. And she's terrorizing, you know, Vera. Um, and her son, right? Because her son survived. Yeah, you can do that. I, I'd be okay with that. But the son, that's the problem. Like, maybe, maybe they, or, mm, it's like they can do that, but the kids are all adults now. Because they grew up. I mean, the game movie came out in 2009, so we're talking 13 years in the future. If you even go further, like 16 years, because who knows what's coming out. Those kids are adults, and they did their they, they did a good job with how they... All the camera shots and everything, making it seem like she was this little girl, but kudos to them. I, I like the movie. Um, Black Phone is on Peacock, and I've been wanting to see Black Phone because... Um, it's made by the team who did Sinister, and I think Sinister is one of the finer 2010 horror movies. So I definitely gotta watch that. Um, I don't think I'm seeing anything in. Th- oh, I might go see The Invitation in theaters because that's like horror um, with vampires, and it's kind of giving me vibes like um, um, it's giving me Ready or Not vibes. So I want to check that movie out as well. But other than that, that's pretty much it for me this week. Um, Johnny Gargano being back in WWE is mind-blowing to me, and I'm very excited to see what happens. You know, obviously, Super Kick in Theory and then starting off a storyline with your former, former protege is pretty big for me. Um, now that we have Theory, we got Gargano, we got Indy Hartwell, we got Loomis, and Candice LeRae is the only person left, obviously being the best mother she can be. So who knows? Maybe we can get a way reunion eventually. I mean, Candice can make a one a one kind of like appearance if she wants to, right? So, who knows? I definitely see that. But I'm also looking forward to seeing what's going to happen for young young Johnny Gargano now. Um, being like the ultimate underdog. You know, who knows? And, and, and now he's in a Triple H run WWE. 
he can be the best babyface champion of all time. And he's got a lot of giants to to climb. I want to see Gargano and McIntyre. I want to see Gargano and Roman a lot. Um, I think there's a lot there's a lot of fun storylines you can play with Gargano in that babyface role. Um, so looking forward to seeing what what Triple H has in store. That's it for me this week. Um, we're on, I'm on all podcast channels on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Pandora, Deezer, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's Fat Man Stevens, all one word, followed by podcast. I'm also on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hello, like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff, and let me know what you think about Johnny Gargano's return. Let me think. Let me know what you think about the, the cards for Clash at Castle. Clash at the Castle, and of course, we'll all ball out because we are we are fastly approaching like Labor Day weekend. The end of summer is next weekend, and it's all on those weekends. Um, also, I forgot about talking about NXT with Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate, and they're definitely going to uh, probably have a main event match the day of All Out. So it's just oh my goodness, what a time to be a wrestling fan. But that's it for me. Thank you so much for watching, and I hope you enjoy. And I'll see you again next week for another episode of the Fat Man Stevens Podcast. Goodbye.